Second Kings chapter 7, verse 1. Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. And there were four leprous men at the entering of the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit here until we die? You may be seated. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, Heavenly Father, I just ask that you touch this message. Lord, without your anointing upon this vessel, uh, I am nothing. So, Lord, uh, give me the words to speak. And uh, give us all a heart to understand. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You know, I, I, I like the title of my messages, but there's so many different titles you can give this message. Of course, many of you have probably heard this preached uh, with uh, what, why I sit here until we die. Uh, but this is a message about God's mercy and that we can always have hope. Amen? Yes. I mean, we can always have hope. Yes. And I, I'd like to give you a little historical background on this, if I may. Uh, Samaria is the northern kingdom, the ten tribes of, of, that's called Israel. Of course, the southern kingdom is called Judah. Uh, they have split. If you go back to 1 Kings chapter 11, you will see where... Uh, God is upset. God is the one that split the tribes, split the kingdom, because of the idolatry of Solomon. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. Solomon was supposed to be, we call him, the wisest man in the Bible. But he had a flaw, and that was lust. Amen? He had over 700 wives and had hundreds of concubines and all of this, and they were from Egypt, uh, the Midianites, the Jebusites, all the others, I can't remember all the heights that he took wives from. And they worshipped other gods. And of course, God made it plain that he was not to be with somebody that worshipped another god. Amen? Amen? That was not a Jewish person. Now, that's why we must be careful with the mates we choose today. We need to choose Christians. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And, uh, uh, but Solomon in his old age, started worshiping other gods. He even made high places so that these gods could be worshipped. And because this angered God and God was upset, there's one thing God will not stand, and that is idolatry. He is a jealous God, and he wants your worship and your praise, and he wants you to give it to him only. Amen? Not another man, not another woman. Come on now. Not something, but he wants every bit of worship you've got. Amen. If you're going to bow to somebody, it better be the Lord. Okay? So, uh, uh, but Solomon, uh, because of that, God tells him, he says, I'm going to take away uh, ten tribes from the kingdom. And the only reason he didn't take them all was because he honored David, Solomon's father. And the promise and the covenant he made with David. So Judah and Benjamin stayed in the southern kingdom. Okay? So we see this and realize that the first king, the king at this time of 2 Kings is Jeroboam. 
And he uh, was the first king of Israel after the split. So we also see that God gave Jeroboam a promise. He said, if you will serve me and obey me, I will bless you as I bless David. But Jeroboam did not do that. He went and went into idol worship also. He built a golden calf in the tribe of Dan. He built a golden calf to worship at Hebron, or Bethel, excuse me. So, so we see that Jeroboam ended up going into idolatry also. So the northern kingdom is an idolatry when this happens. But despite this, as you go through the book of Kings and also Chronicles, you realize that despite their idolatry, God is a passionate God. God is a forgiving God. God is a merciful God. And he shows them compassion time after time and brings them victory over their enemies. Amen. But the problem is, is that your sin, if you put anything before God, come on now, you are putting something between you and your blessing, you and your protection, and that's what I want you to see tonight. But through it all, God has mercy on his people. So we see that the nation is an idolatry. Now the Syrians, the Syrians have come in. As we go back to the text. Excuse me, I'm, I'm wearing my hearing aid for the first time in church this morning. And uh, between it and this mic and my glasses, it's hard. My one ear just isn't big enough, amen? <laughs> so bear with me. <laughs> Too much information in that, amen? <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. Now, there are, uh, as I say, they are in a problem the situation. There's a famine in the land. A famine in the land. And the Syrians have come and besieged the city. And there's no food. I mean, there is nothing to eat. It is so bad. This is one of the worst places, one of the worst things you'll ever see in the Word of God. If you go over to uh, the sixth chapter, you'll see that it's so bad that a donkey's head was sold for 80 pieces of silver to eat the head, okay? Uh, a cab of dung, which a cab is a little less than four pints, of dove's dung, as it says in verse 25, was sold for five pieces of silver. So they were eating dove poop and donkey's heads. But the worst part of this, they were boiling their own children to have something to eat. Now that's bad. And you say, well, that's, that's, no, it's literal. And it happened in this same time that they lived. In other words, God's people were in a bad place because of their idolatry. But the king, Jeroboam, finally realizes he's going to have to seek the man of God and, and, and ask for God's help. So he, he sends for Elisha and Elisha comes. And now we see the mercy of God. Now before, woo, hallelujah. Before I get into this, there's, there's, if you want to write these down, you can. If we had a screen, why I'd put them up there for you. But it says, there's some things I want you to remember as we go through this message, okay? God's got it even if you don't deserve it. God's got it even if you don't deserve it. Next is, we don't know where God will take us from here to there. 
Amen? But deny yourself and follow the Lord. Are you hearing me? Oh, gosh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Don't know what Jesus is going to do with us or how, but know that he can use anybody. Now, come on now. Now, God will remove all obstacles, so let him lead. Give it while you can. Hallelujah. So, I want you to remember those things. God's got it, even if you don't deserve it. You don't know where God will take you from here to there, but deny yourself and follow Jesus. Don't know what Jesus is going to do with us or how, but know he can use anybody. And God removes the obstacles, so let him lead. So do it while you can. Now, verse 1. Now, we just read how terrible and dire this situation is. They need hope. It looks hopeless, doesn't it? I mean, they're in desperation. They don't know what to do. They don't see any way out. There's no food. There's no, no substance, no anything. The enemy is around them where they can't get out to get anything. But they, they are hopeless. But when you call on God, hallelujah, all of a sudden there is somebody that will come that will give hope. That's what we are. We are to give hope. Elisha comes and gives them hope. Listen to what Elisha says. Then Elisha said, hear ye the word of the Lord. That's always hope, isn't it? Thus saith the Lord, tomorrow about this time shall measure fine flour with a shekel and two grains of barley for a shekel in the gates of Samaria. In other words, there's going to be food to have and you're going to be able to afford to buy it. Hallelujah. He's giving hope to people that don't have no hope. Amen. We as Christians, amen, we should always have hope. Hallelujah. And if we have hope, we should be giving hope. But there's people out there in the world that don't have no hope. The only hope they have is a needle, amen. And I'm here to tell you right now that we need to give that hope. The word of the Lord. Are you with me? Woo! Thank you, Lord. These people needed a miracle. God still does miracles. Are you hearing me? We can have hope because if God can take care of these people in this situation, He can give us hope and take care of us. God is still in the miracle business. Hallelujah.
And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not be able. In other words, he's looking at the situation. He's looking at the problem. He's looking at what seems impossible, thinking it is impossible. There's somebody when God gives hope, amen. God's hope may not come with something you can see, and we'll get into that in a minute. God's hope is something you believe, amen. You know that no matter what you are facing, no matter what you have done, no matter what somebody else has done, no matter what's going on in this nation, amen, we have hope. You've got to have hope because your belief and faith is in God Almighty. But there's also somebody that says, oh, this ain't going to happen. It just ain't possible. It just isn't possible for it to happen. That's what he's saying here. Because he's looking with his human eyes. We need to look from the Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Amen. He is hopeless. He is fearful. He has no vision. People, what was it? Proverbs 29, 8, it said, people, my people perish because they have no vision. A vision is a dream. Something that God has given you. Come on now. That he's given you that no matter what happens in your life, you continue going on and fulfilling that dream. Amen. And it, it looks like it doesn't feel right, but you know you have to continue to keep on doing what God said to do. Amen. Amen. But I'll be honest with you. Live it all your life. Because if your dream or your goal is something that you contain, it's probably not from God. Does that make sense? Yeah. Martin Luther King had a dream. But it wasn't fulfilled until after he died. Come on now. Joseph had a dream, but that dream wasn't truly fulfilled until his bones were buried back in his homeland after he died. Christ's own dream and vision. Although he died on earth, he's still alive, but his dream is going on. Amen. Hallelujah. Your dream and your vision can go on. Amen. If you'll just fulfill it, because God will always take somebody to come on and carry it on for you. Are you hearing me? Amen. And you cannot fulfill your dream on this earth unless there's somebody willing to help you. Okay. You see, Here's a cliche for you. I don't usually use cliches, but this is a cliche. Listen to this. If you don't see it before you see it, you will never see it. If you don't see it before you see it, you will never see it. So you have to realize, you have to, if God says it, as he did in verse 1, if God says it, even though you can't see it, you do see it. Amen. Because you're seeing what God says is going to come to pass. And if you can't see that, you will never see it. All right. Are you with me? Verse 4 or verse 3. Verse 3 says, And there were four leprous men at the entering of the gate. And they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? My, my, my. They had come to the decision that there's no good choices. <laughs> you go into the city, you die. You go into the camp of the enemy, you die. You sit there, you die. So you have to come to the decision and says, I'm going to do it for the glory of God even if it costs me. 
No one can do anything with lepers. But with lepers, God can do anything. <laughs> when I was in the world, no one could do anything with me. But God can do anything with me. Does that make sense? Come on now. We look at some of our pe the people in our lives and our family that are on alcohol, that are on drugs, that, that, that have all these problems, amen, and we, it's, we just can't do with anything with them. Well, we have to see in the Spirit, amen, that even though we can't do anything with them, even though the law can't do anything with them, even though the family can't do anything with them, God can do anything with them if we just trust them and take them to them. Amen. That goes back that God can use anybody. Yeah. Hallelujah. There's verse 4. If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city and we shall die there. If we sit here, we die also. Now therefore, let us follow the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall die. That's pretty simple, isn't it? <laughs> Amen. You see, there's no good choices. But you must be willing to go. You must be willing to go even if you have to die. Yes. You have to deny yourself. You don't. In other words, there are times in your life you have to make a choice. You're not going to know the outcome. Even though God said it, amen, you and yourself don't know what's going to happen. Amen. That's why you say you don't know how you're going to get from here to there. And you don't know what you're going to have to go from this day right now until next year or next year, amen, whatever it is. You don't know what's going to happen, but you're going to have to make the choice to do what God told you to do, amen, no matter what comes out. Hallelujah. If you die, you die. Give glory to God. If you live, you live, amen. But make that choice and do something. So, my, my, my. So, lepers. Isn't it a, yeah, and I know that this preached a whole lot, but it always amazes me. Lepers were the outcast, the unclean people. If people come by them, they had to cover their mouth and holler, unclean, 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 three times. But yet, God uses them to save them, the, the nation. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't it amazing what God might do with us, hallelujah, if we would just yield to him and say, if we live, we live. If we die, we die. Amen. But we got to do, uh, do something. Amen. We got to go. We got to go. Amen. So let's, let's go to verse 5. And they rose up in the twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the othermost part of the camp of Syria, Behold, there was no man there. Wow. Shock. The thing that they feared wasn't even there. That would preach all day. Amen. They weren't even there. Have you ever had a divine surprise? Huh? Have you ever had, you know what a divine surprise is? In other words, you are fearful of something. And it looks like something impossible is going to happen. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, God's already got it taken care of. I said God's already got it taken care of. It just proves once again, God's got everything under control. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. 
Was it Sister McCoy that used to sing God's Got Everything Under yeah. Control? Amen. I'll never forget her singing that. I can remember her up here singing that song, and I remember the whole church shouting, amen, because, oh, hallelujah, God was in control. God's in control this morning, can I tell you? I said, God is in control this morning. When's the last time you experienced a divine surprise? When? Amen? But I can I tell you something? You can't get there by yourself. You can't get there by yourself. Hallelujah. Here's this nation in this terrible state. And God uses four lepers sitting outside the gate that makes a choice no matter what happens. I'm going to go. And when they go, expecting to find the enemy to take them captive, their enemy is not even there. Why? Listen to what verse 6 says. For the Lord. I said for the Lord. Yeah. Say that for me. For the Lord. Oh, say it out loud. For the Lord. Has made the host of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king has said, King of Israel had hired against us the kings of the Hittites, the kings of the Egyptians, to come upon us. Wherefore they rose and fled in the twilight, and left their tents and their horses and their asses, and even the camp, as it were, and fled for their life. Hallelujah. Oh, isn't God a good God? I said, Isn't God a good God? Amen. You might have situations in your life that seems insurmountable. But can I tell you something right now? They're, except for the Lord, they would be. I said except for the Lord, they would be. You might have to go through something for a while. But I'm here to tell you right now, glory to God, that it's going to be all right. Why? Because God is full of grace. God is full of love. God is full of mercy. Hallelujah. And he always keeps his covenant and is faithful to his people. Hallelujah. But you got to worship him. you got to worship him. Yeah. Let's see what the... What the lepers do. Verse 7. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight. And they left their tents and their horses. Oh, I read that. Let me go on. <laughs> Verse 8. And when the lepers come to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent. And they did eat and drink and carried thence silver and gold and raiment. And went in and hid it. Hallelujah. And came again and entered into another tent. And carried it thence also and went and hid it. Hallelujah. In other words, God has provided. God not only has provided, he's done exceedingly abundant more than I could ask for. Them. They were just wanting enough to get the craving out of their belly. Amen. But God always does more than we expect him to do. Are you hearing me? Amen. If you'll trust in God. Oh, come on now. You've got to know that God will meet our need and more also if we'll just allow him to die. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. There might be somebody here that is facing a situation they feel is just as bad. 
But I'm here to tell you this morning, you just trust God, call upon Him, because that's where you're going to get your hope. Amen. Amen. Now, now, the leper's needs have been met exceedingly abundantly more than they could ever ask or think. Amen. So they go into one tent and they go into another. Now, look what happens in verse 9. Then they said one to another, We do not do well this day is a day of good tidings. And we hold our peace. If we carry to the morning light, some mischief may come upon us. Come therefore now that we may go and tell the king's household. They realize they're not doing right. They are in a place of meek, self, covetous. They are just, they're getting more than they need and they're taking it and hiding it so nobody else can get it. Amen. Sometimes I think the church world today is taking all the blessings that God has blessed them with. Amen. And they're hiding them. Amen. He's just hoarding them. Amen. So that they can have a life that they want to have. Amen. Can I tell you something right now? It's time we started sharing what God has blessed us with, with those around us. So you see, they have more than enough in this place of, of covetous and jealousy. And, and all of a sudden, they realize they're doing wrong. So they are contemplating one with another. This, is, this, this just isn't right, Sister Pat. It just isn't right for us to, to have all of this and the whole city of people starving to death. Hallelujah. It just isn't right. It just isn't right. So, so they go on, and they finally, it's something that every one of us need to do. We need to make a right decision. Amen. We need to do what's right. Amen. We think, well, if we're all right with God, that's, that's good. Amen. No need for me to do much of anything else. I'm saved. Amen. I've been baptized, been filled with the Holy Ghost. So, so what, what difference does it make? Amen. But can I tell you something right now? Anything that we have, come on now, anything that we have, amen, we have received. And if we have received it, we need to start giving back. Are you hearing me? Amen. Come on now. These, these lepers decided they should go back to the city, amen, and tell the city that, hey, the Syrians have gone and left all this stuff here. Come on out and get it. Hallelujah. Amen. It's time that we, the church, realize, hey, God has blessed us seemingly abundantly more than we could ever ask for things. But there's people out there that really, really need it. Hallelujah. That's why we sit in church on Sunday morning and get blessed and go out there and wait till the next Sunday to get blessed. Hallelujah. There's people dying out there. Daily they're dying. In sin and addiction. In pain and suffering. And we have hope for them. We have hope for them. A hope that they can have a better life. A hope that when they die, that's not the end, except for a hell fire. Amen. We have hope, amen, that instead of that, they have a life eternal. Come on now. I don't know about you, but I want to give them that hope that God has given us. Amen. I want to give them that faith that God has given us. I want to give them if it's food or raiment or whatever. Amen. I want to get them because God has blessed us with it. Why not bless others? 
they go back into the city. They go back into the city. And they tell the others. Of course, the king, he says, oh, no, he says, this is a trick. This is a trick. You see, he's still seeing with his own senses. He says, no, they're, they're trying to lure us out of the city so they can kill us. So one of the servants, notice how God's using the ones that doesn't seem like it should be used. Amen. He uses the one servant says, well, well, king, if we just send out five to check it out, five horsemen to check it out, we'll go see. They went and seen. They found out that's the way it was. Hallelujah. And when the people heard, there was a stampede. I mean, there was hordes running to the Syrian camp. Can you imagine what it'd be like if the hungry, they eat doves, dung, and donkey heads? Wouldn't it be amazing? And they're running. And you know what happened in the stampede? That Lord that said this would never happen. Said there would have to be windows in heaven. Come on now. You know what happened? He got run over in the stampede and got killed. Hallelujah. In other words, he's seen it, but he never did taste of it. Hallelujah. Come on now. God always keeps it. And I believe it says later on that it came to pass that this happened. Anytime God says something, it will come to pass. Hallelujah. Uh, say that with me. It will come to pass. Amen. I know sometimes it's hard to hang on to that. I know sometimes the suffering that we face, the pain physically and mentally and emotionally, it seems like we just want to give up. Amen. But I can I tell you right now, don't give up. Even if what you are going through is your own fault. Come on now. God is so merciful that he'll bring you through it. And trust him and have hope that God is there for you. Because he is. Because he is. Can I just throw this in here? That old boy's talking about windows of heaven. Well, of course, we read about the windows of heaven being opened and a flood coming. Amen. During the time of Noah. We also read about in Malachi, I believe it's 3 and 10, that when you give up the Lord of your time, you pour out a blessing. They open the windows of heaven. And pour out your blessing that there's not room to hold. Hallelujah. Oh, I don't know about you, but I want God to open the windows of heaven. Amen. Oh, and you know the thing about it is God wants to open the windows of heaven and bless you. Hallelujah. You just got to realize something this morning that there's only one God. There's only one living God, and he is the only one that can bless your life, that can turn your life around, and all oh, glory to God, worship him, and praise him, and know that he's there for you. Know he's there. Know he's there. Look at somebody and say, he's there. He's there. He's there. He's there. He's free. That's right, he's free. Amen. Holy Ghost is on me when I'd like to preach all day, but I ain't going to. <laughs> but I'll give you the second part of this message tonight. Amen. We're seeing something right now. And this is right here. Remember, people that were in idolatry, we see God's mercy. 
But when they called upon him, I said to the man of God, God kept his covenant and was faithful to them because he was their people. Yes. Come on. And he not only forgave them, but he delivered them out of the situation that they were in. Hallelujah. So they realized once again that their only hope was in Jesus. Yes. 